Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, it's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Hallelujah. God is so awesome. Man, I just love the Lord. So we've been uh, in, the, in the middle of the series about intercessory prayer. It's based on my book uh, that you can find on my author page on Amazon. Uh, the book is called Reflections on Intercession, and it's really about my early years of intercessory prayer, and it's to, to inspire and help guide you. Um, and that's what uh, this series, the inspiration for this series is based on that book. You know, in, in those days, I would have never called myself an intercessor. In fact, I don't think at that time I even heard the term. It wasn't for several more years before I, I heard the term and began to use it. I, I wasn't familiar with the term prayer warrior either at this time. I prayed because I could. I sought out what God wanted me to pray because I was his, and my responsibility was to pray what, what he wanted to happen. It just made good sense to me. If you love God, then you believe God knows what is best, and if you work for God and expect results, you pray what he wants. Uh, what sense does it make to, to pray what God doesn't want? Uh, that's what the, uh, what the enemy does. He, he works against God. How many good-intentioned Christians are actively working against God? We say God knows everything or we are laboring for the purposes of God, yet we never bother asking him what he wants, and it really just doesn't add up to me. I found that my most effective prayers are when I start out with, Lord, how should I pray in this situation? One of the most important skills in effective prayer is to be a good listener to God. The level of one's sensitivity to hear God is proportionate to one's practice at it. In other words, the more you practice, the better you become. It's also related to the integrity of your walk. And that's something that most of us don't really want to hear. And believe me, I understand that. It can be hard to make godly choices when your body or your mind is focused on on what it can't have, what looks greener in somebody else's yard. But when we walk in the, in the places that are contrary to God's ways, they take us further from God. Our purity and our righteousness are extremely important factors in our prayer life. If you want to witness the power of God flowing through you, you have to keep the clean vessel for him to use. God, just don't get dirty. I cannot express enough the importance of our purity. Hearing believers say things like, I'm just a poor old sinner. Man, what a terrible thing to say. We cannot use our, our humanity as an excuse to sin. We, we have to understand that we are new creatures. We're we may not be perfect, and, and, and we may find that every day we're faced with many temptations and struggles, but we are striving for godliness in our lives. It's of the utmost importance that we determinedly 
push forward in a pure walk. Be quick to repent of sinful behavior in your life. To not confront sin in our own life and just sweeping it under the rug, blaming it on the fact that I'm just a, a poor old sinner saved by grace is a terrible thing. It's, it's throwing throwing the blood of Christ back in his face. That's exactly what it is. To have, to have effective ministry in general, more, uh, more specifically effective intercession, demands that we do all we can to remove the obstacles that lay between us and God. And how can we serve God's kingdom plans and minister to the people he wants us to minister to when we allow our life to be littered with roadblocks? Again, let me say this. We are all intercessors. Any man or woman who has given their life to Christ has a role of intercession in their life. Now, we may intercede uh, for different things and have different areas of responsibilities, but we all intercede. It drives me up a wall to hear people say, well, I'm not called to be an intercessor. That's ridiculous. We are all called to advance the kingdom of God, to affect change in this world for the purposes of God. We are all called to pray for the sick, the hungry, the impoverished, the fatherless, governments, leaders, our fellow believers, etc., etc., etc. I think you get the point. We all have responsibilities that require us to exercise effective prayer. I could give you Webster's definition of the term intercession and intercessor, but I won't. All you need to know is that it's a legal term that basically means to be in the middle of something. That's what all of us who are believers do. We get in the middle of something. We get between man and Satan. We get between God and people, uh, God and his desire, and the people and their situations. The real question is, who are you fighting for? God or something else? You know, that brings me to, to another point I'd like to touch on briefly before I get too far along. Whose side are you on? Once I was leading an intercessory prayer group in a church, that uh, that very issue came up. The situation was difficult. The church body needed to move spiritually into a different place. The pastor needed to go there first as the leader of the body. And then the body needed to follow. There was great potential for a church split during this time. It's fragile. It's difficult. If the pastor stepped into this place, many people would become uncomfortable. And when when people become uncomfortable, they tend to not want to go there. They resist. Uh, uh, And and when people get uncomfortable in church, they begin to grumble. And if they find no, no satisfaction there, they usually start to work towards forcing their own satisfaction. And often this ends in a church split or a compromise, which is really rebellion against God. Our task was, uh, through prayer, to move the entire body into the place it needed to go while discussing the potential of what might happen in this delicate situation. One of our prayer team members said, well, our job is to back up our pastor. 
Well, I know they meant well. That's not our job. That's never our job. Neither should it be your job. Our side is always God's side. If they're on God's side, then fine. But if they're not on God's side, then we pray for them. But we don't get on their side. If you do that, you'll find yourself on the wrong side. And who can stand against God? It's not that they don't have good intentions. But they're on the wrong side. Allow me to share another example of standing on God's side. Years ago, I had the privilege to launch a type of crusade to help to bring unity among uh, some area churches, and, and I had no idea what I was doing. I really had no idea whatsoever. But I, but I saw clearly what needed to happen. And as a part of this effort, I had sent letters out to all the area churches, inviting them to a, a free meeting to, to share how we can make a team effort to reach to the lost in our community. And at the same time, um, or, or excuse me, but at the time, there was about uh, 211 Christian churches in that area. And I sent letters to all of them. Guess how many responded? No, really, guess. One. One church. I was surprised and disappointed. <laughs> However, looking back and seeing the, the ridiculous control issues that we as churches have, uh, I should not have been the least bit surprised. We're either too busy with our own agendas or we have a we don't work with those kind of people mentality. How sad that, that we're not one unified body under Christ. We're for Christ, but not always under him. Anyway, uh, that'll become a rabbit trail. Let's steer back. I, I found out later that this church had respond, uh, that responded was in a, in a desperate way. They, they were dying and grasping at all the small hope to see life come into their church. It was headed by a, a pastoral team, a husband and a wife. And at this point, I had a, a wonderful group of lovers of Jesus that were with me. We canvassed the neighborhoods surrounding this little church, inviting everyone to our crusade. We tried without success to contact some of the larger churches located near this little one to create a, a cooperative effort. It was my first experience with, with the hostility and the, and the territorial issues of some churches. Our little band of, of uh, passionate uh, uh, lovers of Jesus canvassed the neighborhood with flyers and prayers, and we went house to house, talked to everyone we could, um, and uh, we, the church had about seven members. You know, I found that to be a sign of sickness that consumes many churches. Uh, but this particular relationship with the church was more than just a crusade. It was also about assisting a church body to step into their purpose from God. This is part of intercession. But first I had to know who these people were. What was their purpose? And how could I best serve them by serving God? Uh, these answers came from prayer. Heartfelt, focused, intimate relationship with Jesus' prayer. In addition to these questions, I needed to know from, from God how he wanted me to implement the things that he instructed me about. Long story short, my place was not to share with the church body or even the pastoral team what God instructed me in. 
in my time of prayer. It was to help them become focused on learning those truths from God for themselves and confirming it to themselves when they receive that word. In other words, as we would meet and we would talk in our prayer times, they would come and they would say, oh, oh Mickey, and this is what I feel like I'm hearing from God. And because God had already spoke to me about their purpose, their vision, the direction they needed to take, the things they needed to do, I could say, that's exactly what God's been speaking to me. And we could move forward with that. That way they would know it's not Mickey guiding them, it's God guiding them. And we'll pick this back up in our, our next session. In the meantime, think about it. Be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah.